This is 180 Conversations with tens of millions of LinkedIn invites, emails going out each and every single week. What are you doing to sound different? It's all about engaging your prospects. But to engage your prospects, you're going to have to think different and you're going to have to sound different. Let's go. We've got another 180 conversation today, Dan. What do we have on the docket? You had forwarded me this from one of our listeners. I thought this was a great example of what not to do, but there was actually some good things in here, so I'll go through it. The key point is over a two-week period, this individual sent our listener five emails, five solicitation emails over two weeks. He also told me that there were about two or three phone calls sprinkled in that cadence. Out of the gate, if you're going to send five emails over two weeks, and so we'll say two calls, you're absolutely giving off the impression that you need something, that you're on the hunt for a sale. And when you give off the impression that you're on the hunt for a sale, how is that interpreted by the receiver? As desperation. And then what happens to credibility and trust? Goes down. Right. So just keep trying, but you're never going to get it. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't build any sort of trust and they're not reaching out in my best interest. They're doing it because they need to make us some, some sales. What I find interesting on the first couple, and I'm not going to read them, but there's a couple themes here I will point out. There's a huge trend right now to ask, do you have 15 minutes this week or next? Do you have 10 minutes this week or next? Do you have 20 minutes this week or next? When you put that in your email, you're telling that prospect that you need 15 minutes to sell them or show them a demo to sell them. In 15 minutes, it's virtually impossible to get into any kind of depth on a conversation. It's 15 minutes of jumping in, asking one or two questions, and then spend the rest of the time trying to sell the prospect on why they need your services. And your prospect knows this. There's also a lot of, I love to set up a call to hear from you. And it's always about, I'd love to, what I would like to, what I was hoping to. Again, you're telling the prospect immediately that it's your agenda. Any time with you is going to be spent on what you want because of the, I would like, I was hoping, I'd love. Very low intent. You're going to have a tough time opening doors. Now that said, when I get to the third email, this person actually did some things that I thought were effective. Number one, they used empathy. Given your role, I thought you might find, and they gave a give, they give a link. So again, the key was given your role, I thought, or you might find, which was a bit neutral with a give. I thought that was impactful. And when you say give, Dan, can you share some examples of what that may be? you're trying to put yourself into the shoes of the recipient and you might be giving some kind of research numbers or paper. You might be given a case study, a story, a video, some kind of top five or top 10 list of things to avoid, like intellectual property that you may have. That's a give. So something that they might find helpful. Yes. And not expecting anything in return. Then they go on to say, feel free to let me know what your challenges and goals are for employee engagement and recognition, and I'd be happy to recommend other resources from our library that might be most helpful. 
again, another give. So kudos on that. They're trying to engage our listener and they're willing to share information. They're willing to share ideas. They mentioned that their library of resources, I thought that was effective. This is where it becomes salesy. You're always welcome to put some time on my calendar and chat about these things as well. Would you have 15 minutes later this week or next? It went from neutral to attached, yeah. real quick. Yeah, it went from, hey, I'm okay. When you're ready, here's some things to be thinking about. I'll even share some thoughts or some information with you. Then it goes from that to, hey, do you have time? When can we talk? The next email gets a little bit more salesy. So I, I think the scarcity or the attachment was ramping up. Maybe their boss was putting pressure on them to set more appointments. So they decided to get a little bit more pushy with it or a little more cutesy or gimmicky. Who knows? It was sent at the beginning of the month. So usually quotas happen from beginning to end. So I don't know, maybe my theory's wrong on that. Usually these gimmicky emails show up more toward the end of the month. It's been a hot minute since I last reached out to you. All right, right there, you lose all credibility. I mean, as a listener, you receive an email solicitation and someone says, it's been a hot minute since I last reached out to you. You're scratching your head going, okay, what's going on here? You may read the rest out of curiosity. I don't think you're going to read much further though because of credibility or because you're truly interested in what they have to share. I just wanted to check in to see if you were still exploring employee recognition and reward. Often when we hear nothing back, it's for one of the following reasons. And you and I have talked about this. These are always really interesting. You're interested in speaking, but you're too busy at the moment. You already have a solution in place. Having a chat isn't on the agenda right now. Get back to you in three, six, nine months. You won the lottery. You're on a beach somewhere enjoying a pina colada. Would love to understand if any of the above applies to you, but don't want to pester you. That's interesting. This is my fifth email in less than two weeks, and I've made two calls to you, but I don't want to pester you. How does 10 minutes this week work for a chat? Not well. <laughs> Got to add it in there, right? <laughs> We've gone from 15 minutes now to 10 minutes. Just 10. Give me 10 minutes, please. It was the time commitment that was too much. I would suggest maybe they change it to, listen, between your pina coladas, could you spare 10 minutes? I thought that would have been interesting. All right, let's go to creme de la creme. Oh boy. This is the one, Kylie, I think that caught your attention, the first one. <laughs> yeah. So here is the last email that was sent to our listener. Hey, Blank, I get it. It's not working out. Maybe I was too clingy. I'd prefer eager. Maybe it was never that serious to begin with. You might be thinking all I did was download content. Maybe there's another employee engagement specialist in your life. What do they have that I don't have? I love to know where I went wrong. If it's too late for me to get back to you, insert GIF. I, I don't really know what to make of all that. There's such a gimmick there. They're trying to play off obviously an emotional breakup and they're trying to spoof on it and have fun with it. I would love to know from our listeners, if any of our listeners have ever had success sending an email like this out, please get in contact with us. And when I say success, not that you got one or two out of a hundred to respond. 
I'm talking maybe a 20 to 25 or 30% response rate. I would love to hear from you if you've ever done something so gimmicky and you've actually had success with it. Well, and I would say the success that you may have off of this technique would be because you've reached out to somebody who is in search of whatever you have to offer. So it's timely and it's relevant. And you're going to get those regardless if your messaging is outstanding or halfway decent. Kylie, you made me think of something here. Employee engagement is so important right now. It's how do you engage people and motivate people where they feel such a disconnect because still a large part of our workforce is working from home. So I understand the importance of the topic and it's absolutely worth a deep dive. But this approach that this person chose almost makes a mockery of it. It almost belittles the importance of the topic. And employee engagement is a true necessity from a strategic standpoint. And so that's why when I look at this, I'm like, who put this together and who said this was a great idea and who thought this was actually a good way to to engage? Because all it does is utterly diminishes value. One important point to make was that the one email that actually caught our listener's attention, because he obviously clicked on the link that had the resource, which is why the cadence continued. That was the one email that was actually effective because it had relevant content in it. Was that the give email? Yeah, that was the give email. And that's the one I thought was the best. Right. And you know what? It, who knows? Maybe somebody taught this individual that this approach was effective and works, and it's not even authentically them. So one important thing I would encourage everybody to do is be authentic in your outreach. If you're being told to do something that doesn't feel comfortable for you, it's probably because it's not a good approach. So Dan, how do you think this individual could do things a little bit differently in their approach moving forward? First off, before I send the email or the cadence, I'm thinking about what is an HR director, vice president of HR, a president, somebody who's very interested in, in the well-being of their employees and the productivity of their organization. I'm putting myself in their shoes right now as we're going into the end of 2021. That's the first thing I'm gonna do. As I put myself in their shoes as a recipient, I'm gonna think about the world that they're living in. So I'm gonna say something like, end of 2021, a lot's happened. Not sure how you've engaged your employees, if your employees work from home, or if they're back at the office. We know from our current clients, certain struggles still persist. And I'm going to probably list two or three of those struggles. And I'm going to probably do a give, which is here's a link to a library of information on these two or three challenge areas. But I'm also going to give the out and say something like, I understand any conversation between the two of us will happen at your discretion when you're ready. I'm going to do that so they don't feel like I need and want something from them, but I've given the give, which is, let me help you anyways. I'm going to do that for a series of anywhere between three and five outreaches in the beginning before I ask for any time. And even when I ask for time, I'm not going to say, do you have 15 minutes? How does this week look? Do you have 10 minutes this week? 
I'm going to say something like, if this topic or some of the information that I've sent intrigues you or this curiosity around it, maybe a conversation would make sense. I'll reach out to you over the next few weeks to see and determine if a conversation is relevant. I'll do something like that. I'll take ownership of it. I'll let them know it's coming. Transparency builds trust. Yeah. And to your earlier point, authenticity. I can't be something I'm not. At the same time, my head's got to be high intent, attachment, and abundant so that my words follow my mindset. If you're ready to get uncomfortable and level up to high performer status, find out how you can change the conversation by sending us your sales outreach via email or voice recording at podcast at lapin180.com. We're going to anonymously share these with our listeners and offer feedback for you. 